0: Hello there, hello there, we greet you with Jesus joy and what a blessed privilege it is for us to be assembled as far as this time together is concerned as we make preparation to um, have our Bible study. I wanna thank uh, Sister Tiffany Pate for helping us out as far as uh, this time together is concerned and we're looking forward to uh, the Lord blessing us as far as our time of study is concerned. I am uh, definitely excited about the sharing that I want to drop on you all as far as today is concerned. And it is basically dealing with counting the calls, uh, counting the calls of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and um, Before we get started, though, I want to uh, have a word of prayer so that we can center ourselves as far as this time of study is concerned and um, look forward to the Lord doing some wonderful, wonderful things. Certainly appreciative for all of you all who are joining us as far as our time of study um, and um, looking forward to the Lord doing something remarkable and uh, exciting as far as This time of study is concerned. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as we sense and seek what it is that God is going to do with this precious time that is ours. God, we come and we want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity to study your word, to hear from you, to get a sense of what it means to be a follower of you. And so, Lord, right now we pray that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you, the master teacher, will give us ears to hear what you desire for us to know and give us the capacity to apply what we gather and what we glean in this moment so that we can be more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me, if I could, I'm going to do a little uh, shifting. uh, All right, okay. Kind of got some things going on here. So I want to thank you all for your your patience. Let's turn to Luke, Luke chapter um, 14. And we want to look at verse 25 through 35, Luke chapter uh, 14, verse 25 through 35. I'm going to have you all to highlight some things. We see a lot of people that are coming on as far as our time is concerned. And we're looking forward to the Lord doing something uh, absolutely uh, wonderful and magnificent for this time that is ours. Luke chapter 14. <clears throat> and we want to look at verses 25 through 35. And uh, I'll be reading from the New King James version of the Word of God. It reads like this Now a great multitudes went after him. He turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife or children, brothers or sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Highlight verse 26. Because I want to drill down on that. Because I'm getting ready to hopefully and prayerfully blow away some major myths that we have. All right. You got that? Verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Highlight that and underline that. All right. As a matter of fact, in verse 26, if you would circle the words or the phrase does not hate. I'm going to come back and I'm going to break that down for you in just a moment. Right? Verse 28 For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it may begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish, or what king? That he has cannot be my disciple. Highlight verse 33. Highlight verse 33. Okay. Verse 34. Salt is good. But if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill. But men throw it out. He who has ears, let him hear. All right. Now, what I'm getting ready to teach you all today is gonna be the differentiator or the difference maker between you being a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, or you just basically being happy that you're saved but you're not going to get a reward, okay? There are a whole lot of folks that want Jesus to be their savior, but don't want them to be their Lord. When you allow for Jesus to be your Lord, you're moving into the territory of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And to be a disciple of Jesus, you got to count the cost because there's a cost to this thing that a lot of folks, unfortunately, do not take account of when they decide that they want to follow Jesus Christ. It, it's a cost. I want you to know it's it's a major cost. And unfortunately, a whole lot of us don't count the cost when we decide we want to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And what I'm getting ready to do is hopefully and prayerfully, I'm getting ready to blow some myths out the water about what some of us church folks think it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay? All right. Now, let's talk about the essence of discipleship. The essence of discipleship. You may want to write this down as far as... um, uh, your notes or whatever, but I want to talk about the essence of discipleship. The essence of discipleship is being a follower, being a learner, and a doer. Follower, learner, and a doer. So being a follower basically means that you are doing what Jesus wants you to do. Okay? You're being obedient. You're taking up what Jesus tells you to do. And you're following his script. Okay. Being a learner means that you are saturating your life with the word of God so that you can apply that word because this is how we really learn about God from the word of God. All right. And then being a doer is serving God through serving humanity. Okay. Engaging in mission and ministry. All right. Got that? All right. And and I want to lay this down for us because what I'm getting ready to do is I'm getting ready to upset a whole lot of apple carts, a whole lot of apple carts with what I'm getting ready to drop on you. So this ain't for the faint of heart. All right. Now, let's let's kind of situate ourselves, um, because in verse 25, it starts off by saying, now, great multitudes went with him and he turned to them. And said, and he turned and said to them, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Uh-oh. In verse 27, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus gives Two terms <laughs> of what disqualifies us from being disciples. All right, two terms of what disqualifies us from being disciple, and I'm get I'm 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 getting ready to upset the apple cart. Now, I want us to focus on verse twenty five because crowds love to follow Jesus. Jesus is in Luke chapter fourteen on his way to Jerusalem. He's getting ready to make preparation to celebrate the last meal with his disciples. He's really preparing to go to Calvary. All right? He's preparing to go to Calvary. Large crowds, follow Jesus. now. I'm gonna tell you something about crowds, which the older I get and and the longer I stay and do with the pastoral ministry, the less impressed I become with crowds. Because crowds, Crowds love Jesus, but crowds don't necessarily do what Jesus tells them to tell them to do. All right, now there's a difference, and here's where I'm getting ready to drop a major bombshell. Here's a difference between being a casual um, follower of Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus. Great multitudes went after. Him and he turned to them and he drops two major contentions of what disqualifies a person from being a disciple. All right. Now, we got probably in the world today, uh, probably about two billion people who call themselves Christians. Okay, in the first century, it was a whole lot of folks that loved to follow Jesus, and um, and they and they followed Jesus for a variety of reasons. Uh, Some were just curious. Okay, heard he worked miracles. They heard he healed the sick. Uh, Some wanted to come and be healed. So you know, while they wanted to be healed, uh, that was their main reason for. Coming after him because they had an ailment that they thought Jesus could address. Someone to sit at his feet and uh, uh and learn some things from him and watch him engage, you know, uh the teaching that he would do. And then there were some 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 uh of the Jewish religious leaders that simply came along to antagonize him, to pick his words apart. And then there were others who basically went along with the crowd, okay? Now, what we have to wrestle with is, what is it about Jesus that initially attracted you to him? Okay, that's what we have to wrestle with. Was it because he could do something for you? Was it because you were in a low place? Was it because you needed healing? Was it because you wanted salvation? What is it about Jesus that attracted you to him. Okay. All right. Because in this text. And like I said. I'm getting ready to blow some stuff out the water. In this text. Jesus is challenging would be disciples. Those that want to follow him. With some strong words. With a sobering reality. That if you're going to follow him. You better count the cost. And here's the first aspect of the cost. If anyone. If anyone. Anyone comes to me, comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife or children, brothers and sisters. Yes, his own life. He cannot be my disciple. All right. Okay. Now, this is where I I, I really want to separate the wheat from the chaff because there were people thinking Jesus was the Messiah wanted to be there when he quote, inaugurated his kingdom. Uh, But Jesus need to explain that following him did not mean you were going to receive goodies like so many children. (laughs) And and this is, this is what separates the wheat from the child. Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, it doesn't mean you're going to receive a whole bunch of goodies. All right. If you want to follow me, you got to hate. And I want you to circle that word hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. In fact, you got to even hate your own life. All right. Because if you don't hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. <laughs> now, I know. I know. Somebody that's watching me right now is going like, wait, hold it. Didn't Jesus tell us love our enemies? Pray for people who despitefully use us. But now he's telling us to hate our parents, hate our spouses, hate our children, hate our siblings, hate our very lives. And if we don't hate that stuff, we can't be his disciple. Bump that. And the problem is, that you're focused on the word hate because you don't understand how the word hate is being used in this context, all right? This is why you gotta come to Bible study. This is why you gotta come to Sunday school. This is why you gotta do teaching, all right? And this is why you gotta have good teachers that teach you what the word of God literally is talking about, all right? Now, let's look at this word hate because if you get stuck on hate, you ain't going to become what God will have for you to be as far as being a disciple. Because too many of us, too many of us, unfortunately, aren't disciples. We're just good church <laughs> attenders. We're not disciples. We like the fact that Jesus saved from our sins, but we ain't learning. We ain't really following. We're carnal Christians. All right. So here's what I'm. I'm getting ready to break some stuff down for you. Here it is. The word "hate" in this context has two meanings that I want to drop on you. First of all, it's considered to be hyperbole, which means it's it's an obvious exaggeration to make a point. All right. So number one, it's considered to be hyperbole. All right. All right. However, the other part of understanding what hate is is that hate in this text does not mean despising someone. The word hate basically is an idea of position, okay? And what do I mean by that? Really, this is what Jesus is saying if you translate this properly. that Jesus is saying, anyone who comes to me and does not put his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, or sisters, even his own life after me. Or in second position to me. Cannot be my disciple. All right. So the word hate. Is not necessarily despising. But the word hate is. Priority of position. Okay. All right. So. What what, what Jesus is saying is that. If you're going to follow me. You got to love me so much. That it pales in how you love your life and how you love your family. Okay? Now, one thing that we got to understand is that during this time to to follow Jesus at times meant that you were, that you would be alienated from your family. It would put you at times at odds with your family. Okay? So what Jesus is talking about is that if you're going to follow me, you got to be loyal to a fault. You got to make me your ride or die. Okay? Because if I'm not your ride and die, you don't want to roll with me because there's a cost. (laughs) There's a cost to this. There's a cause to this. In other words, what Jesus is talking about in verse 26 is loyalty and true allegiance. All right. Loyalty and true allegiance. All right. All right. Now, let me continue to unpack this. Because I know some of y'all are stuck, but I promise uh, I'm going to get you through this. And here it is. Jesus' point in this whole thing is that those who want to be his followers are going to have some demands placed upon them. And it ain't easy. And I think that the problem in today's churches is that we think. That being a follower of Jesus Christ is a bed of roses, it's not. And that's the issue with the prosperity gospel. That's the issue with um, uh, these folks who think that coming to Jesus means you're going to get anything and everything you want. That, that that's This is for those who think that following Jesus is a bed of roses. It's not. What Jesus is saying is that um, if you're going to follow me, you got to come all in. Got to come all in. Because God is not going to take fourth position in your life. Notice the flow. Verse 26. Father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, own life those four all right Jesus Jesus saying if you if you want to follow me I gotta come before all of that I gotta come before all of that so you have to decide to whom or what are you really devoted because if you're gonna be a follower of Jesus here it is all those other things all those other things all those other relationships becomes secondary. However, in following Jesus, if you do it right, Jesus then, by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, helps you to engage those other relationships with a sense of uh, wholeness, with a sense of love, with a sense of forgiveness, and with a sense of grace. All right. Okay. So, so here here's what I want you to understand. There is no such thing as really casual discipleship. Okay? If you don't get anything else, get this. No such thing as casual discipleship. Either you're a disciple or you're not. And Jesus does not give any any degrees of discipleship. In other words, Jesus doesn't say you're 25% of disciple or 50% of disciple. No, either you are or you're not. I, 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 I hope I'm upsetting your apple cart because I think there are too many of us are under the illusion that you could do whatever you want to and still be a disciple of Jesus. It doesn't work like that verse 27 is really the kicker that I'm getting ready to really blow some stuff out the water. (laughs) Here, Here it is. Jesus says, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to underline the phrase, whoever does not bear his cross. I want you to under underline that? Uh, so, Sister Miller says Is that like being lukewarm. Yes, ma'am. That's like being lukewarm. You can't. You know, Jesus said, "Either be you, either hot or cold." You know, uh, ain't no in between. So, and Jesus disregards that. So you, you you can't do this this stuff halfway. So either you are or you are. That's like. Uh, Sister Miller, that's like being a little pregnant. Either you're pregnant or you're not. Ain't no such thing as being a little pregnant. Now, there are varying degrees of pregnancy. <laughs> but either you are pregnant or you're not. So what Jesus is saying is either you're a disciple or you're not. And if you're a disciple, then basically you should be learning. growing. And grow and grow. But verse 27 I'm getting ready to really, 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 really really really, really, really really, really upset a whole lot of folks today. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now this is where the rubber hits the road because we have a whole lot of folk, check this out, who think that their relationship with God through Jesus Christ is private. And it's not. And right here, verse 27, helps you to understand it is not meant to be private. Now, here's the quote I want you to take with you today. And I'm going to ask Sister Pate, put this in, 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 in the quote. Your relationship, my relationship, our relationship with Jesus Christ is personal but it's never meant to be private. It is meant to be put on public display. Let me say that again. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is personal, not meant to be private, and it's meant to be put on public display. Here it is. And it's right there in verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross, Jesus's audience knew what it meant to carry the cross or to bear the cross. Because whenever you, first of all, the cross was not a Jewish Jewish way of punishment. It was the Romans' way of carrying out an execution. And the Romans led the criminal to his execution site, and the criminal had to carry the cross on which he would die in public in public. Let me say it again. In public. This shows submission to the Rome to Rome and warm observers that they would better submit to. So what Jesus is saying, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta bear your cross. If you're gonna follow me, it is meant to be done in public. So your relationship with Jesus Christ can is not meant to be private and just individualized. <laughs> I can really stop right there. It is meant to be put on public display. And if you are afraid to put it on the public display, number one, you cannot be his disciple. But then number two, you might not be saved. <laughs> I really hope I'm upset in the apple cart right now. So, this is what Jesus is really doing. Jesus is really saying if you're going to be superficial, Um, uh, uh, you got one or two things you can do. If you're going to be surface and superficial, either prepare to go deeper or get off the horse now. Prepare to go deeper or turn back now. Because here's the kicker. Sometimes following Jesus can and will cost you your life literally. That's what happened with the majority of the apostles. That's what happened with uh, quite a few folks who started following Jesus in the early church. That's what happened throughout church history. People who made an allegiance to Jesus, quite a few of them lost their lives. They became martyrs of the church. Now, that's still happening even in 2023, that there are people across this world, Asia, Africa, South America, Central America, um, uh, who are losing their lives because they're following Jesus. Now, here in America, you know, we think we talk about we being persecuted, we ain't being persecuted. It may be inconvenienced at times, but we ain't being persecuted. There are people who are being persecuted for the sake of the gospel, losing their lives for the sake of the gospel. So what Jesus is saying is if you're going to be my disciple, um, your relationship with me is personal. It can not be private. It's meant to be put on public display. You don't carry it across in private. Let me say it again. You don't carry your cross in private. You don't carry your cross in private. Whew. I know this is, I know this is this this may be upsetting some folks, but it's, it's the truth. Now let's look at Verse, verse 28 through verse 29. Verse 28 through verse 29, where it talks about, for which of you intend to build a tower, does not sit down first, count the calls, whether or not he has enough to finish it, lest when he's laid the foundation is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Here's what Jesus is doing as far as helping us to understand that being a follower of his is not a joy ride and it's not a passage to health and wealth. When you decide to follow Jesus and be a disciple, there are times you're going to face difficulty and suffering because of your faith. Okay. I know. I know some of us like, well, gee, I thought once I came to Jesus Christ that all my problems would be solved. No, sometimes when you come to Jesus Christ, that's when problems begin. <laughs> that, that's when problems begin. It's not a joy ride, it's not a bed of roses. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's tough. It's tough being a follower of Jesus. And so if you're going to really follow Jesus for real, for real, you better count the cost. Because sometimes it'll cost you social status. Sometimes it'll cost you wealth. Sometimes it may cost you your career. Sometimes it may cost you some time. It definitely going to cost you some money. It, it, it may cost your popularity. It may even cost you your life. Count the cost. To be a follower of Jesus Christ. So you won't be tempted to go back when the going gets tough. Because every now and then it's, it's going to get rough. And it's going to be a place where we don't want to be. So. He is saying, like the person building the tower, don't lay the foundation, which is the easy part. And then you figure out, oh, my goodness, I ain't got enough money to finish this project. Count the costs. Here's another example that he gives. It talks about a king getting ready to go to war. He got 10,000. But the person he's getting ready to fight over the other king, he's getting ready to fight, got 20,000. He's saying, count the costs. Because you need to figure out if your 10 can handle that 20 or if you should send somebody to talk about peace. Don't rush out with soldiers without first discussion of options so that you won't bring disaster to your nature, to your nation. So so really what Jesus is saying, you got to count the cost. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to get if you don't get anything else. If you've made a decision sometime in your past to trust Jesus Christ for salvation, but since then you haven't paid much attention to your devotion and discipleship, you may be one of those persons who have not counted the cost. Yeah, A decision to trust Christ means that God Almighty is now your Lord and Savior. You have better listen to God. You got to read God's word. You got to follow God's teaching. To walk down the aisle and then drift along is no decision at all. You have to trust Christ as Lord and Savior. And you trusting Christ means you will follow his commandments. The interesting thing, I got a sermon I'm I'm working on for Sunday, dealing with obedience. And it's so amazing. And, and, And it's amazing how God coordinates stuff calls. When I decided to do this teaching, um, I had no idea that this teaching would be lining up with what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. But it's just amazing how God pulls stuff together. Yeah. So so here's what I want you to understand. Y'all got to do more than trust Jesus. You got to obey him. It's more than trust. You got to obey him because if you don't obey him, you don't really trust him. So it's more than just trust. You got to obey him. You got to do what he tells you to do. And you find out what he tells us to do according to the word. So let me go ahead and bring this in. in. Verse 33. Verse 33. It talks about you can't be his disciple if you're not willing to forsake all. It's like the rich young ruler who came to Jesus Jesus and Say, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And and Jesus says, well, you know, keep the commandments, keep the law. And um, that rich young ruler said, yeah, I've done all that. You know, i honor my mother and father. I've kept the commandments. Then Jesus said, I tell you what, if you really want eternal life, sell what you have, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And the Bible says that rich young ruler walked away, dropped his head, very sorrowful because he could not part with his riches. Here's what I'm trying to impress upon you. He's not painting a rosy picture that if you come to him, you're going to get a high paying job with benefits. Really, what he is saying is that you got to sacrifice. You got to count the costs. And here's what I want to impress upon you that Jesus ain't asking you to do anything that he hasn't done. Unfortunately, too many of us refuse to count the cost. Or we did count it, we were like, no, that's too much. That's too high. If you don't count the cost to God, are the immense treasures awaiting all disciples in the kingdom? Jesus is not asking anybody to give up anything without having given it up himself. Jesus ask you to do anything that he's not willing to do. And I contend that a lot of folks that come to church haven't counted the cost. I close with this. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, its flavor, it's, it, how shall it be seasoned? It's not fit for land or dunghill, but to be thrown out. All of you who have ears, hear what the Spirit has to say. Here's Where the shout of the whole text culminates. Because back then, salt was used as two things. It was used as a seasoning and a preservative. A seasoning to bring flavor out of the food. A preservative to keep food good. All right? If the salt does not have the capacity to season food or to keep food good, it's no good. And we as Christians should be seasoning our environment, and we should also be preserving the love, the life and compassion of Christ. But here's where a whole lot of us mess up because many Christians, we blend into the world to avoid the cost of standing out for Christ and standing up for Christ. In other words, they can't tell the difference between us and the world. The culture can't tell the difference between us and the culture. No, we shouldn't look like everybody else. No, we shouldn't be like everybody else. Okay. In other words, we're called to be salty in a good way. But if we fail to do two things, count the cost and be salty, we fail to represent Christ in the world. And if we fail to represent Christ in the world, then basically we lose our reward. We lose all the benefits both in this world and in the world to come. Uh, We lose the power to really do what God will have for us to do uh, in this world. And we lose what the reward that God has for us in the world to come. Only those who are open to the spirit and to hearing what the spirit has to say will receive what I just dropped on you and govern yourself accordingly. This is my lesson for today. Um, Let me see if there are any questions that anyone has on me. If you have a question, put it in the chat. And then we will close out as far as this time is concerned. Any questions in the chat? Any questions? Any questions in the chat? Any questions? Any questions in the chat? Any questions? All right. If there are not any questions, if there are not any questions, um, um, we're going to close out in prayer. Next week, we're going to come from Genesis chapter 22. um, Verses one through 19. Uh, Someone asked, as a disciple, do we get another chance? Um, So as a disciple, do we get another chance? What do you mean by get another chance, Uh, Joanne? What's meant by that question? I don't understand that question. Another chance for what? And then someone said, can I watch TV or is it bad? What you mean, can I watch TV or is it bad in reference to what? Um, And that's from JTG Rome. I don't understand your question. I don't understand why you're asking that question. So, Joanne, can you give me clarity as a disciple? Do we get another chance? Another chance for what? (laughs) That's uh, yeah. I'm trying to get clarity on that, um, Joanne. And Rome, I don't understand your question. Can I watch TV or is that bad? Oh, if we don't forgive someone right away. Um, So while your question, uh, Joanne, thank you for for that clarity. Uh, If we don't forgive someone right away. um, That's a good question, even though it's not germane to the lesson. I think that part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ requires that we do forgive. Um, uh, but we really have to process what forgiveness looks like and what it means. So in that sense, uh, sister Joanne, um, one of the things that Jesus really helps us to, to understand is that if you're going to follow him, part of you and I following him means that we must be willing to forgive, uh, because just as God forgives us and, um, um uh and the forgiveness oftentimes people say it's not for the other person, it's for you. Well, it's for both. <laughs> uh forgiveness allows for you to, to um uh, not be in such an angst whenever that person comes around, but also at the same time, uh it allows for for that person to to not be in such an angst when they come around you when you forgive. Reconciliation is a whole nother cause. Uh, For Rome, is it secular? Is it secular, I guess. So uh, as far as uh, uh, to Rome, I'm not going to stop watching TV. Watching TV does not make or break my discipleship. However, what I allow to come into my mind, if I allow for that to govern my attitude and stuff, uh, then maybe I should not watch TV. (laughs) So if that inhibits your discipleship wrong, then maybe you shouldn't watch TV. So that's how I answer that. If that does not make you a disciple, uh, if watching TV does not make you a disciple uh, and it inhibits your walk with God, maybe you shouldn't do it. And I'll leave that for your own uh, way or how you navigate that. When you say take up your cross daily, does that mean your brother's cross also? You can't take up your brother's cross. You got to take up your own cross. You cannot take up your brother's cross. You can't take up nobody else's cross. Jesus doesn't tell you to take up anybody else's cross. He tells you to take up your cross and follow him daily. So your cross is really your personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can't do that for anybody else. You got to do that for yourself. And it's meant, again, it's not meant to be private. It has to be put on public display. And taking up your, cro- your cross cross basically means living for Christ publicly. Publicly. That's what it means. Living for Christ publicly. Not being ashamed to let somebody know that you have a relation with Jesus Christ publicly. All right. Any other questions? Any other questions? All right. So next week, uh, we're going to talk about Genesis 22, verses 1 through 19. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 19, trusting God, trusting God. Uh, That would be our lesson. Listen, we're getting ready to to, uh, close out as far as this time is concerned. And before we do that, uh, if you feel led to give, you're more than welcome to give at this time. And you can give give under what we would call TNT Bible study um, through... Uh, uh, our app, Giblify You can also give through uh, um, our uh, website, ACS of Church Life, or if you want to mail check cash money order, check cash, check or money order rather to the church, you can send it to uh, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205, or you can drop off check cash money order here at the church. Just call the church office to make sure someone is here to receive it. Before you come at 704-334-5309. Um, as I get ready to close, I'm going to ask that you all will uh, lift up uh, my executive assistant. Uh, I call her the Jane of all trades uh, for my, my desk in my office. Uh, and that's Deborah Dalton in your prayers. Uh, Deborah has gotten word that her mother died this morning and she's on her way to pine bluff arkansas and um i'm not putting it we're not putting it on social media so you're hearing me say this to you but please don't send any greeting to her on social media or putting it out there for public display i'm sharing with you all she will share at the appropriate time um those arrangements but i'm asking that for those that are watching uh if you would lift her up in prayer as she prepares to uh, go and deal with the earthly remains of her mother in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Um, uh, and if you want to send her a card, you can send it to the church um, at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205, and put her name on it. We have She has her own mailbox, and so um, you can send it to the church and we will make sure that she gets it. Uh, but she's going to be out of pocket for, for a moment. I want to thank Sister Tiffany Pate so much for handling Bible study and all that goes along with uh, what we are doing right now. So thank you, Sister Tiffany, for uh, handling and stepping in to ensure that we have everything we need for Bible study. It's yes, my hope and prayers that uh, you all will have a great Uh, rest of the week. Lord said the same. I'll see you all on Sunday, either virtually or physically. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you.